Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome in to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. Thank you for carving out some time for the podcast during your busy weekend. Mike Randall and Gus Kearns, totally appreciate it. Got Gus going solo here on you. We're going to go a little mid-major for you guys out there. Give you a little rundown of what happened this past week with some big matchups and some mid-majors. And then give you a couple weekend picks. And then we even have some trivia for you to play along with later on in the podcast. I hope everybody's okay with that. I'd love to get uh, some people more interactive with the podcast. So we'll give you a little trivia question. And uh, we'll, go in a, we'll go in certain segments. Um, we'll give you a rundown of the games. I have a little special segment to highlight some mid-major players. We'll give you that trivia question, and we'll give you your picks running down. So hopefully you guys uh, don't mind listening to all four sections of the podcast. Uh, how about we just get into the games? Does that sound okay with everybody? We'll roll into some mid-majors here. Again, like Mike gave you the rundown, Mike will give you his uh, his big uh, bigger conference overview or overarching ideas uh, earlier in the week, we'll get together and, and give you what we think what happened during the week in the college basketball landscape. Uh, and then I'll come over and uh, hit you up over the weekend with a, a small pod with uh, some mid-major highlights. And then we'll get back together on Sunday so you can hear on Monday what the weekend uh, had in store for you. Uh, and again, if you're looking for uh, a couple of things for Screen the Screener in print, please hit us up at randallrant.com. Mike does an unbelievable job with a short corner write-up of a little summary of what happened during the week. We got some rankings up there for you with some tidbits of your favorite teams, or maybe not your favorite teams, maybe your your ire teams that you just despise and you want to see if they're really, really that bad or, you know, like, we hate them as well. Um, we try to spread a little love here on the Screen the Screener podcast. So please hit that up if you're looking for a little uh, uh, something to consume in print. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at SDS Podcast. Efficiency of keystrokes, of course. Love interacting with you guys. Um, and if you'd like to email the show, please do. SDSpodcast at gmail. And don't forget to give Mike a follow. He's an absolute riot and well worth the follow with information and uh, some cool stuff. He's always he's entertaining, to say the least. He is at Randall Rant. All right, now that we've got some of the operational things out of the way, Thursday was a big night for mid-majors. I'm going to start in the Summit League, if that's all right with everybody. In the Summit League, we had a showdown of two undefeated teams, Oral Roberts and South Dakota State. Now, you might think Oral Roberts was undefeated in the Summit. I know that they were 7-13, and but they were 3-0 coming into this matchup. And South Dakota State uh, was 2-0, and they have one of the most exciting players in the country with Mike Dom. South Dakota State gets the win. 78-75 over Oral Roberts. And where they sit now, South Dakota is 3-0 and and Oral Roberts is 3-1 and in the Summit. Uh, just a little shout-out to Oral Roberts. Sam Kearns, no relation, I think. Sophomore guard is averaging over uh, 10 points a game. Like the way he shoots it out there. Do your thing, Sam Kearns. Like that. But the story here is Mike Dom. He goes for 27-12. Guy just keeps putting up ridiculous numbers. I hope that he finds his way on an All-American team uh, at season's end. That would be really uh, unique poetic justice. Uh, one of the most under radar guys that would end up on an All American team, but he's putting up the numbers to do so. And especially if South Dakota State continues uh, playing well and gets the invite from the Summit League. Uh, you know what? He's got a running mate this year, guys. Freshman David Jenkins, six two guard, putting up about fifteen points per game. He can shoot the ball from outside. 
So they have like a, a counterpart to go with Dom uh, on the offensive end. And you know what? Like we mentioned on previous podcasts, if you're one of these mid-majors, you need your stud who's Dom. You need like a, a, you know, a competent point guard or a competent wingman. That could be Jenkins. But you need that lifer. And you know what? That lifer is Reed Tellinghausen. 6'7 senior, put up 24 points in this game, and was the difference in this game. Uh, he's averaging about 14 points a game, and he's one of the holdovers from that South Dakota State team that made the tournament a couple years back. I think this team has some weapons to make some noise in March as long as they win the conference tournament and get the invite. I think they're dangerous moving forward. So South Dakota State takes control in the summit with a 3-0 and record in conference and 15-5 and overall with a nice win over Oral Roberts. Let's go to Conference USA next, right? Conference USA had uh, Western Kentucky going on the road to Old Dominion. Now, both teams coming into the matchup were undefeated in conference. Western Kentucky came in 11-5 uh, uh, and with a, a 3-0 and record, and Old Dominion came in 12-3 uh, and with a 3-0 and record. So both teams came in undefeated. Western Kentucky gets a big, huge road win here. And this is one of the games that we gave you on hashtag S, the S lines. Um, I think we're about six or seven games over 500 uh, for the season. So if you're you know, looking for some wagers, if gambling was legal, as Mike Randall likes to say, uh, you know, follow that hashtag and we'll try to help you out along the week. Uh, Justin Johnson, Darius Thomas absolutely went off. Both of them combined for about 49 points. Justin Johnson at 25 and 14. Uh, Darius Thompson, the UVA transfer, uh, 6'5 senior. Has been putting up giant numbers for this team all year, doing a little bit of everything, over four boards, over four assists, over 15 points a game. Imagine how good UVA would be if they still had Darius Thompson. I mean, we're talking about the number three ranked team in the country that lost this guy that's having an enormous impact at Western Kentucky and playing giant minutes. Man. So Thompson and, and Johnson are both seniors, and you think if Western Kentucky can get this thing straightened out and, and, and maybe – be a threat to middle in the conference USA. I'm looking forward to that Western Kentucky middle Tennessee State game. I think that's going to be a good showdown. So Western Kentucky with a huge win, 75-68 over Old Dominion on the road to get to 4-0 and in Conference USA. One of my favorite teams. I put my eyes on this game to make sure. Traded a few tweets out there with a couple of people on because of the absolutely insane atmosphere that was happening out at Grand Canyon. And the Lopes were amped up for this game against New Mexico State. There was all sorts of different color shirts and, 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 and things flowing from the rafters. And it was, it was a madhouse in there. So New Mexico State was walking into an unbelievable home court advantage for uh, Grand Canyon University. Uh, you know, both teams 1-0. So early in the conference season. But New Mexico State, really impressive out in the whack. 70-59 to 59 win on the road. Like we talked about Western Kentucky. Huge road win. You know what the difference was here? Zach Lofton went bananas. He had 29 points, hit a couple threes, and our guy, max value player, Jamario Jones, did his thing with six points, but 15 rebounds and actually led the team in assists. Um, Grand Canyon was impressive. They were live. They played hard. Joshua Braun, 15 points. Really like his game. I think he can shoot a little bit. The difference here was the three-point line. You know, we mentioned Lofton hit a couple threes, but Grand Canyon, only one of 14 from three at home in an amped-up uh, arena, 
Do you think maybe those a couple of those shots were a little long? Do you think a couple of those shots were a little rushed? I'm not sure, but I think this puts New Mexico State in the driver's seat. And I think this road win kind of puts them at a different echelon than the rest of the conference in the WAC. Just because, you know, they've had the resume of playing uh, USC tough, getting that Miami win, so on and so on. They've come in with, with, with a nice resume. And by the way, this New Mexico State team, they defend. They're currently ranked 36th in the Ken Palm defensive efficiency category. So you have to earn your buckets against this New Mexico State team. There is no doubt that they can play and beat anybody anywhere, anytime. They proved that before. Uh, and they proved that by defending really well at the three-point line, which is a Grand Canyon uh, strength in the past. So New Mexico State, nice road win, 70-59 to 59 over Grand Canyon, and take a little bit of control in the WAC uh, early on in the season. How about we head down to the Southern? In the Southern, we had a rematch of the, uh, you know, of the SOCON uh, championship game last year to get to the tournament uh, with UNCG, UNC Greensboro, and East Tennessee State. And, you know, one of the guys that I've really been paying attention to and, and, and trying to get my eyes on and read some box scores on is DeSanta Bradford. The guy's a holdover from the 2017 tourney team that lost to Florida in that first round. He played Florida pretty, pretty, you know, pretty competitively in an 80-65 loss in that first round. He went for 12-9, and nine, and he's just one of those do-everything mid-major guards. You know what? We have to bring up that East Tennessee State was that team that only lost by two to Xavier earlier this season. So East Tennessee State with the big win over UNC Greensboro, 68 to 58, and that brings Greensboro to two and one in the conference, 11 and five overall. And East Tennessee State moves to four and zero and 13 and four overall. Um, so I think East Tennessee State is the team to beat in the SoCon, but I think if they actually make it to March. After that Xavier game and that experience, I don't think they're going to be scared by one of these, you know, two or three or maybe, you know, maybe they get a 16. I don't think they'll be that low. But they're not going to be scared of, the, you know, a two-seed or a three-seed. I think they're going to play them tight. So if they get the infight, very live team, East Tennessee State. You want to head to the horizon? I thought Oakland would be a little bit more live in the horizon, maybe a little bit more viable, uh, a little bit more competitive. But there seem something's not quite right with Oakland. It seems like maybe they're still experiencing a hangover from that first round loss in the conference tournament last year when they got upset at the buzzer. But this brought Wright State down to Northern Kentucky and the Norse. If you remember, Northern Kentucky was eligible uh, for their for postseason play last year for the first time in their program history. And they ended up being the representative from the horizon. So a great story. They are the champs. They are defending champs. Um, but Wright State went into Northern Kentucky and beat the Norse, 84-81. Wright State now stands at 5-0 and in the conference, 13-5 and overall, and Northern Kentucky is now 4-1 and in conference, 11-6 and overall. And you know what? Cole Gentry from Wright State, you look at the box score, you might think, ah, oh, just in, you know, another guy, 8 points, didn't even score double digits. He hit the big layup and free throws in the final seconds that really put this game away for Wright State. So he was the difference maker in the late game situation. And you need one of those like veteran guards that can make big plays in crunch time situations. And he did that against the former champs, Northern Kentucky. And Grant, uh, uh, Grant Benzinger, not to be confused with Max Haydinger of UC Santa Barbara, 
went off for about 30, 31 points. And he might be in line if Wright State continues on this run to be in, in, in running for player of the year. And you know what is interesting about Wright State? Wright State has a, a difference maker in, in, in Grant Benzinger, but they also have this interesting freshman, Love, who's 6'9", but he's about 270. The freshman is averaging you know, nine, uh, 11 points and 9 boards, and it seems like he's just like one of these bigs that's going to be a, a problem down low. He's not going to play a ton of minutes, obviously, but he is going to be a factor on both ends of the floor. So Wright State has some interesting pieces. And you know what? The hot rising with Wright State, Northern Kentucky, and Oakland, that's going to be a conference to pay attention to moving forward. Really like what's happening in the horizon. Cool, cool conference to pay attention to. And great floors if you're watching a game on TV for sure. Uh, how about the NEC? You know what? St. Francis, Red Flash, and Jamal King take down Robert Morris 89 to 80. Now, coming into the game, both teams, uh, both team, uh, St. Francis was behind it a little bit. You know, they were three and one. Robert Morris came in three and zero. Oh, so St. Francis really needed this game to even up the score, and now they did. They leave the they leave this matchup. Both teams being four and one. So this was fir- first place in the conference. And the Red Flash, you know what? They can score. This team's dangerous because they can score and put up the ball. You got Braxton, who he said is in line for Player of the Year. Remember that six three. Uh, you know, smallish guard that does a little bit of everything. He's averaging about 18 and a half points, but he's also averaging about nine boards and over three assists. Really love what Braxton's doing. And, you know, we mentioned King. He went up for 28 and eight. He's averaging 17 points. Um, and they're even missing, uh, Isaiah Blackman, who's been injured the last couple of games. If they can get him back into the fold, who knows? But then when they have Wolford, uh, who's aver- taking, uh, some space up for Blackman, who's also averaging 14 points. And they too have an interesting big. In Kazvanas, uh, 6'10", he's averaging about 8.5 points and 5.5 boards. So they have a guy that can take up room in the middle. Um, so this St. Francis Red Flash team, interesting to pay attention to in the NEC. If they get into the playing game in one of those 16-16 matchups uh, in Dayton on that Tuesday or Wednesday, I think the Red Flash would be a really live team, especially because they can score. Uh, and how about we go out to the uh, WCC, of course, and we took a look in Gonzaga real fast, flipping back and forth between that and the New Mexico State game. Uh, Gonzaga just almost doubles up Portland and, and Terry Porter on the road, um, 103 to 57. Melson goes for 23. He has three. He has seven made threes, which is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, Rui Hachimura continued his great play. He had 20 and seven in just 24 minutes. And the other thing to take away from this game, which is scary moving forward and interesting for the St. Mary's game that's going to come up next week, they only had six turnovers as a team. Look, I know we're going to say like, oh, but they were playing Portland. Look at their competition. Their turnover numbers have been down the last three or four or five games. So it's interesting that that's trending in the correct direction, while their scoring numbers are definitely trending in the correct direction as well. Man, whenever you join the 100-point club, really impressive. All right, so there's your rundown. We gave you the rundown of the Summit, uh, where South Dakota State uh, beat Oral Roberts. We gave you the rundown of Conference USA, where Western Kentucky took down Old Dominion and remains undefeated in conference. Uh, of course, we talked about the WAC, New Mexico State, with the big roadman or, over Grand Canyon. Those are the two favorites in the conference. Um, we talked about uh, the SOCON, and uh, where East Tennessee State uh, took down UNC Greensboro. Gave you a little rundown of the horizon where Wright State is really surprising and I think is going to be great moving forward. And I think they're viable for that championship in the horizon. They take down the former champ, Northern Kentucky. 
Uh, we talked about uh, St. Francis and the Red Flash and the NEC, and of course, had to talk a tiny bit about Gonzaga, their lack of turnovers, Melson making a bunch of threes, and Rui Hachimura doing his thing off the bench. Now, I think, let's, how about this? How about we give you guys the trivia question now? Here's how we're going to do this. You want to email the show, sespodcast at gmail.com to give us your answer. You want to Twitter it to us. Uh, you want to snail mail it to us. If you know Mike or I's address uh, out, uh, out on the East Coast, do that too. Uh, so here's your trivia question. It's a two-part trivia question. We're going to give you the first part, this particular mid-major podcast. And then next week when I give you another mid-major podcast, we'll give you the uh, answer and then the bonus questions that go along with it. So pretty simple. Name the original Big East. The Big East formed in uh, 1979. And we'll give you a little hint. It's seven schools. So if you can give us the original Big East lineup and those seven schools, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, of course, and then we'll throw in some bonus questions and the answers moving forward next podcast, next weekend. Okay, so is everybody good with that? Next mid-major podcast, we'll give you the uh, trivia question answer and some bonuses. Uh, I just want to say thank you to Dr. Tony for providing the trivia question. So shout-out to Dr. Tony and his family uh, and being a, a former student athlete at Columbia University. Uh, we're recording this currently while Columbia is taking on Princeton, and that's the big showdown in the Ivy this weekend. I know both teams are under 500, but you got Mike Smith uh, and taking and Columbia taking on Princeton, and we saw Princeton play really live uh, out in Hawaii, um, out on the east uh, on the west coast. So that's your big Ivy matchup. Next segment, we're gonna call it Gus Got Next. You know, when you're, you know, waiting on the side, the Y, or the playground, and you say, yo, we got next. So, I got next, and I got my squad. So, every mid-major podcast, we're going to highlight four guys that I got next with. And you know what? We're going to run the show. We're going to stay on the court. We're going to win that game to 21. You know who I got? I got Juan Pipkins from UMass. Guy went off for 44 points in a win this week. Pipkins is playing really, really well. I wouldn't be surprised if he is a first-team All-A-10 player. So Pipkins is running with me next. You know who I got in the backcourt, too, running the show for me? I got Trey Bell Haynes from Vermont. No lamb, no problem. Trey Bell Haynes went off for 29 points against Dartmouth. Listen to this line. You ready for this? He almost had a perfect game. 10 for 10 from the field, 1 for 1 from 3, 6 for 6 from the free throw line. Trey Bell Haynes, kudos to the near perfect game. He did have a turnover or two in the game, so we can't call it an exact perfect game. But man, what else do you want from your senior point guard and defending player of the year in the conference? So I got Pipkins and Trey Bell Haynes. We got next. You know who else I got? I got Amanze Gizzi from Belmont. Gizzi went off for about 29 points and 7 in a big win, 76-61 uh, uh, win this week. That was one of the SDS lines that we gave you this week. So I'm running with Pipkins. I'm running with Trey Bell Haynes. I'm running with Aguizzi. And you know who else I got? I got Grant Benzinger from Wright State. We mentioned him earlier in the rundown. He had 31-7 in the win over Northern Kentucky. Uh, you know what? Unfortunately, whoever's got next, they're going to be in trouble. Because Gus got next with those four guys. And how about to end the podcast, we'll just give you guys a few picks from the weekend. Uh, I got about 10 games to run down here. 
I don't have the lines in front of me yet because you know how these lines work. You have to get a day out from them. Uh, and unfortunately, not all of them are up yet. So I'll just give you a little feel. You can do what you want with them. But we'll give you some of the ranked teams uh, and tell you what we're thinking here. Uh, how about we just start with uh, Michigan, Michigan State, right? I think we have to do that. So if you're going to go Michigan at Michigan State, Michigan and Purdue played that great game uh, earlier this week that Mike and I talked about ad nauseum for you guys. Thank you for listening into the podcast for that. It was great. Uh, and Michigan State had a little you know, a little trouble with the Rutgers this week. Um, so the game is at Michigan State. I'm still going to say give me Michigan State, but I think the game might be a little bit closer than you think. I kind of like the pieces on the Michigan team. I just think that the point guard situation for Michigan has to get uh, rectified, not rectified, but just firmed up on which direction they're going. looks like, you know, Poole is going to play a tiny bit there, not at point, but definitely at the wing. Um, And I I don't know if Michigan State's length is going to give Michigan a problem. It seems like Jackson could give Wagner a big problem athletically uh, and with his length. So give me Michigan State here, uh, but I bet it's a little bit closer than you think. How about number five, Purdue? at mini right does that does that sound fishy to you at all no i just think purdue's gonna i think purdue's gonna trounce them i think minnesota unfortunately has fallen into too much ancillary static around their program and around their team with what's happened uh with you know all the allegations we won't we don't need to get into it and name names and put a label on it right now, but I, I don't think that's a good look for Minnesota. I don't think the coach handled it well. I don't think the administration handled it well. And I think that unfortunately is going to equal losses. And I think it's going to equal a home loss here against number five Purdue. Kansas at Kansas State. Uh, I'm sorry, Kansas State at Kansas. Oh, man. You know, Brown maybe goes off for Kansas State. It keeps them in this, but I I, I kind of see Kansas carving their way back in and closer to Oklahoma and West Virginia in this conference. I think they're going to keep it close. So I think this is a key win for Kansas at home, but I could see Brown going off for K-State, no doubt. He's been playing unbelievably well, uh, and K-State I think is going to get underrated and undersold all year, and I think they'll do that here. But give me Kansas by about 10 or 11 here. How about TCU, which is on a little slide, going to Oklahoma? Really disappointed with TCU's execution uh, in late-game situations in their last few uh, performances. Just seemed like they just weren't on the same page. Uh, Offensively, seemed like they weren't clicking and they didn't have the right sets in. And, of course, that blown layup uh, with the opportunity to win against Texas, uh, that's got a sting. I think there's some residue effect here, and I think Trey Young gets it right. Although you could see TCU guards giving Trey Young some issues. Give me Oklahoma at home in a close one. Give me Oklahoma by about four. I think TCU loses another close game. I think that might unfortunately become a habit for them here until they get it right. So I think give me Oklahoma in a close game. How about the Big East, man? Big East is a grind. you got 25 Creighton at number 10 Xavier. I think Xavier's going to get back after that uh, loss midweek at Marquette. Uh, Creighton, you know, is going to put up numbers. Is Xavier going to be able to keep up with them? Or can Xavier limit them on the offensive end? I'm kind of looking forward to the Blewett-Foster matchup. I think that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, two possible players of the year there uh, in the conference. I mean, throwing Brunson and, and Bridges to that, of course. But I think those two guys are definitely first-team All-Big East guys, no doubt. Look at their numbers. Give me extra rebound at home here. I like uh, them limiting Creighton a little bit on the defensive end. Uh, I think Creighton won't get to 90, and I think Xavier might. 
Uh, so I think first one to 85 here wins, and I think that's going to be Xavier. Uh, man, how about West Virginia at Texas Tech? Talk about two of the best defensive teams in the country. You know what? I think West Virginia is going to go in there and win on the road. I think they're going to do it. I think they're, I think they're going to take Texas Tech at home. I think Javon Carter matches up really well with Keelan Evans. I think that's going to be an unbelievable matchup in the backcourt. I think Texas Tech does have athletes, you know, surrounding Evans. But I think that West Virginia, with Allen playing really well, and maybe Miles gets off for a couple for a double-digit game, West is playing okay. Like I like West Virginia in this spot. So give me West Virginia squeaking out a win at Texas Tech and maybe take the under in this game once that number comes out. Uh, how about two ranked ACC teams? How about number eight, uh, number 18 Miami at Clemson? Does Miami stay on the slide? Clemson rebound from that unbelievably agonizing loss at the foul line? I think they might. I think once they get back home, I think they're going to be live. I, I, I don't think it's going to be too depressing. I feel like they had that game. But maybe Miami rebounds here. So you know what? If I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one way here. I'm gonna say, give me Miami on the road with a get-right win over a little bit of a, a close game hangover uh, that Clemson experiences. So give me Miami on the road here. Uh, Texas A&M at number four, 24, Tennessee. I'm gonna take Tennessee here. I think Williams Schofield match up okay uh, with Texas to A&M. Texas A&M is really desperate, so this might be one of those desperation games that the upset happens here. I'm going to still stick with Tennessee at home, even though I feel like the desperation for Texas A&M is at an all-time high right now. And how about we end up with uh, Colorado, who comes off those two gigantic wins at UCLA. Uh, UCLA is playing a little bit out of their head. Holiday uh, and the freshman point guard from Colorado is going to be a great matchup. Give me the home team here for UCLA. Uh, so that, those are the, the rundown of the picks. And again, listeners, thank you so much for carving out some time and giving the screen to screen or a bit more time during your week. Uh, Mike and I are trying to pump out some good content for you guys to listen to, to get you caught up, uh, uh you know, a big conference wise, mid major wise, uh, small conference wise, even a little Ivy in there for you. Uh, so thank you for carving out a little extra time for them for the screen to screener college basketball podcast. Uh, Salancha, gratulatia. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. Cheers. Cheers.